0: Lately, a great many people have been asking me about this seemingly juxtaposed concept of happiness being a result of the achievement of what you desire and happiness being the result of completely surrendering to what is. I would venture to say that this is the current great spiritual conundrum of our time. The spiritual field is littered with teachers that teach that happiness is about one or the other. As you can imagine, this leads to tormenting levels of confusion. There are teachers who teach that desire is the root of suffering and that the way to become happy is to realize this and to remove yourself from the cycle of dissatisfaction and desire. So that you are in total surrender and non-resistance to what is. And there are teachers who teach that desire is the root of personal expansion. And that the way to become happy is to consciously use your desire to bring about whatever it is that you want. Knowing that what you want will always be evolving. Most people look at concepts like this and automatically assume that one of these camps must be right and the other camp must be wrong. We're quick to join one camp or the other and also to flip from one camp to the other when we decide that the camp that we were originally aligned with, you know, didn't bring us happiness. This is especially easy to do with this conundrum because both camps contain truths that are self-evident for all of us. And, as it would seem, we can also argue against both camps with evidence that is also clear to all of us. For example, all of us know the pain of not feeling like we can get what we desire. And all of us know that once we attain what we desire, we are never satisfied. We always want more. On the other hand, all of us can easily imagine the dangers of failing to step into empowerment, of making decisions and of taking actions that make our own life what we want it to be, and instead, simply passively, apathetically and unnecessarily surrendering to things being as they are, no matter how terrible they are. All of us know that you can't stop desiring. After all, even the desire to not have desire is a desire, so what should we do? What we need to do is to see the reality that both of these concepts and practices have an important place within the picture of our lives. And both can be complementary and compatible to one another. You know, it doesn't seem like it at face value, but stick with me, ready? I'm gonna explain. Most of us on earth operate from the perspective that if I get what I want, I'm gonna be happy. And if I don't get what I want, I'm not gonna be happy. We've decided that things have to unfold how we want them to, in order to be okay. And this creates a serious attachment to and identification with what we want. But it isn't easy to get what we want. I I don't have to be the one to tell you that, right? In fact, in case you haven't noticed, it does not happen often. (laughs) Reality, what happens in the world doesn't often match what we want and in the consensus reality, we don't have complete, unanimous control over everything that happens. The probability of every single moment matching exactly what you want all the time is zero. Also, in case you hadn't noticed, desire is never gonna end. Even when you get exactly what you want, like a million dollars, or like the perfect partner. That's okay for a red-hot minute, and then you want more or you want something else. There's nothing wrong with this. In fact, desire was designed to be exactly this way. Desire is what brings forth anything, things, from the sea of potential into the state of existence or into the state of being. There is nothing wrong with you that desire is this way. The reality for all beings is that the more you get of something, the less you want it. Because contrary to something like appreciation, wanting implies the lack of something, not the having of it. Many people hold the belief that in a state of enlightenment there is no desire. But guess what? This is not actually true. When you're disidentified with the ego, but still physically manifested, desires still occur. Just like emotions occur, and sensations occur, and thoughts occur. You're not without thoughts or without emotions or without desires. You're not without an ego either. Instead, you're in a conscious relationship with your ego. It's no longer the foundation of your sense of identity. And so you're in a relationship with the longing nature of the ego. But you experience desires less like they are you, or like they must be acted on, and more like they are occurring in front of you. You are witnessing them arise and you're choosing consciously what to do with them or not. You're not attached to your desires as they arise. What does all this mean? (sighs) Basically, I'm gonna sum it this way. It means that your happiness cannot and should not ever be based off of reality, what is on the outside, matching exactly what you want. And it can't and shouldn't be based off of getting what you want. Working on the outside to get what is external to you, to change into what you want, is a constant work in progress. And it will never not be a constant work in progress. Happiness therefore that is based off of getting what you want or on the outside world perfectly matching what you want, to be quite honest with you, it's conditional as hell. And it's a complete setup for misery. Also on top of this, problems will never, and I mean never stop coming. Problems are the elixir of life. Now that statement is a cone in and of itself and by the way, when you figure it out, you know you've arrived. (laughs) But short of that much more transcendental meaning, problems are the very soil of growth and improvement and therefore expansion. We are in complete resistance to what is and to reality when we think that there shouldn't be problems or that we can ever, and I mean ever, get to a place where there are no more. And there's another layer to this. Each one of your preferences and desires comes from unwanted experiences that you have had or are currently having. Your desires happened as an automatic result of the influences of other things, other people, external circumstances, ideas that you had, other places, etc. This makes your desire highly deterministic until you step out of this deterministic aspect of desire with your free will. What you want is essentially a reaction that arises within you. You don't even have to think about it any more than you have to think about any other reaction. You didn't choose the desire and you didn't decide it. Let's look at desire on a more metaphysical level though. When you desire something, that desire is the emotional indication that you have given rise to or given birth to a new improved idea. That improved idea holds a specific frequency in your non-physical point of perspective now matches that new frequency the minute you desire it. So now there is this gap between the frequency that your temporal self holds and the frequency your non-physical consciousness holds. There's a vibrational gap between where you are and what you want. If you think a thought that feels negative, it's because that thought holds a vibration which essentially separates you further from your non-physical consciousness and therefore your desire. If you think a thought that feels positive, it is because that thought has a vibration, which is closer to the vibration of your non-physical consciousness and therefore your desires. So, where do we go with this? There are two ways to close this gap between you, the you that you call it by your name, and you meaning your non-physical consciousness, which is also between you and your desire. The first is to think thoughts and take actions that line you up vibrationally with it. This is the practice of conscious creation or manifestation. The second, is to release resistance to and appreciate the now. This is the practice of letting go, surrendering and appreciating what is. If you do that, your non-physical self joins you where you are and there is no gap between your non-physical consciousness and your temporal self and therefore negative emotion does not arise within you. See? You can close it this way or this way. Over the centuries, Though, no one has managed to rid themselves of desire, many have managed to develop a dynamic relationship with desire and a conscious one to such a degree that they were no longer suffering. And many people have managed to appreciate the now and to release resistance to such a degree that they were no longer suffering. Long story short, the two camps of spiritual practices have found different ways to close the vibrational gap that is at the root of emotional pain ...and pleasure. When a person experiences the unwanted, they tend to push away the unwanted. (sighs) They don't want to experience it, right? They resist the experience. This in essence blocks their energy, the flow of consciousness coming into their embodiment. At the very same time, they develop a subconscious attachment and an identification with the experience that they are wanting, whatever that experience made them aware that they would prefer. Most people want what they want as a mechanism of attachment and avoidance. To get out of this deterministic pattern relative to desire, the first thing we must do is to step outside of it. This is a process of disidentification with what you desire. You observe the desire as it arises within you, the same as you would an emotion that arises within you or a thought that arises within you. You become aware of what caused you to want that. You also ask yourself, is this really what I want? And you choose to let that desire either pass through you and let it go, or to align with it and think thoughts and actions according to your intention to bring that desire into a manifested state. All this boils down to the fact that though we all experience happiness as a result of getting what we want, on the rare occasion it actually happens, We cannot base our happiness on that any more than we can blame desire for being the cause of our suffering. The bedrock of happiness is to release resistance to what is, while consciously dedicating our energy to manifesting the preference or desires that arise within us that we choose, that we're going to decide to manifest. (laughs) Now let's go further so that you understand this even better. It's not true you can only be happy if certain circumstances happen. You're limiting yourself to the idea that things must be exactly how you want in order to feel a certain way or in order to see the positive or in order to be open or in order to experience joy, etc. Most people are in fact limiting their happiness to the manifestation of their preferences and to the manifestation of their desires. Happiness is not about getting what you want. It's about resolving any what should I call it, maybe like disturbance within yourself, that is occurring because you are in resistance to what is happening. Let go of the idea that things have to be a certain way to enjoy your life. The more open you are to the unfolding of life, the happier you will be. How do you resolve your resistance to or become okay with what is happening? Well, you change your perspective and attitude about everything that is happening. So as to no longer be in a state of resistance, to anything that is happening. That in fact, puts you in a state where your happiness is no longer conditional. Here's the thing though, you may hear a lot of people talk about letting go, or a lot of people talk about just coming out of resistance, but you can't just let go. You can't just decide not to be in resistance or to love what is. You can't just suppress it, you can't just bypass resistance you have to learn how to do this, and this is a practice of actively working with yourself to relax, to release, to resolve, and to help that resistance as it comes up within you. This means looking at things in a totally different way, it means accepting what is, it means changing the way you see things, so that you can dissolve your resistance to those things, it means resolving the unwanted experiences and traumas that you have stored in your being that are causing that resistance, It means looking at things in a way that causes you to see the positive in things, uh, looking at things in a way where you can fall in love with what is, or looking at things in a way where you can actually just let go because it's out of your control, right? It means potentially meditating, practicing disidentification, consciously relaxing, I mean there's so many tools we could use. Rather than upsetting yourself about things that are happening, actively do things that cause you to feel less resistant to what is and better about what is. You guys, this is not the same as I am using the positive or using all of these mental tools to not look at reality. That is just resistance, right? That's not what we're talking about here. Learn to welcome and to work with the moments that are unfolding in front of you rather than resisting them and fighting against them as if they shouldn't be happening because you don't want them to happen. If this is your practice, when you become disturbed, you don't try to figure out how to stop it. You don't try to stop getting upset. Instead, you consciously work with each of these disturbances, right? So that the resistance to what is, is resolved within you. But I will say that this doesn't mean that preferences or desires don't arise within you and that you don't do anything to bring about the manifestation of those things, those desires. Still, while being in a state of non-resistance to what is, preferences and desires will arise within you. In other words, you can be in a state of non-resistance to what is, while still preferring peace in the world. You can still appreciate salt while wanting something sweet in a given moment. It's not that you can no longer recognize positive and negative, or the negative inherent in the positive, or the positive inherent in the negative. It does not condemn you to inertia. It's not that by becoming okay with something, your desire vanishes. It's also not that by becoming okay with something, that you suddenly accomplish nothing and change nothing in your life. (laughs) Instead, what happens is that your desires are not in control of you. Instead, the lack of resistance causes you to take actions in the direction of what you want, but without you not being okay without you being in a lot of pain. Essentially, when you do something, you don't do something because you're not okay or because what is is not okay. Desire was never the problem. Desire never caused pain. It's what we add to desire that causes pain. What makes desire painful is thoughts like, I can't have what I desire. I don't deserve to have what I want, I'm not good enough until I get this thing that I desire, if I don't get what I want, I'll never be happy. What causes pain is continuing to focus on what you don't have or don't like or don't want, even after you've already given rise to the idea of what you want. And most especially what causes pain is the idea that you cannot feel good unless you get to that point where you have what you want, or unless things basically that are happening in the external world, perfectly match your preferences. That's what causes people pain. People need to develop a much more dynamic relationship with the desire. We need to engage with desire in a much more conscious way, rather than making preferences or desires the enemy. See desires as something that arise within you against the backdrop of witness consciousness. <laughs> Just like an emotion or a thought. You want to see your attachment to the desire being your only way to be okay as well as your resistance to what you don't desire as being the cause of the pain. See desire is what drives expansion. See that it will never end. <laughs> it's only ever going to evolve and never stop and never move forward. So that means you, kill, you will never, I mean never in your life will you ever get everything you ever want so that you never want more. What you need to see is that you are always going to be in this place of dissatisfaction if your satisfaction is dependent upon getting what you want or if it's dependent on things that happen perfectly matching your preferences. But see that there is great joy to be found in the process of consciously bringing about what you desire. Happiness can be found in that process too. As you evolve, life unfolds, including your desires. You make decisions and you take actions in the direction of what you want. Here's the thing, you can do so without that energy of suffering, without pushing what is away or running away from what is. You came here to participate in this process of expansion, consciously. And accepting all of this will make you even more effective at it, at seeing the right way, making the right decisions, taking the right actions, making those positive changes. (laughs) What changes? is that those preferences and choices come from a very different place inside of you or beyond you. (laughs) A more objective place. I'm gonna say this again, resolving your resistance to what is does not zap away preference or desire. It does not inherently make you complacent or lazy or inactive or passive. Instead, what happens is you end up with so much energy available to you in that state of non-resistance, that contrary to contemporary fears, you must direct it somewhere. That energy has to go somewhere, right? You will still engage with what is, you will still make decisions, you will still take actions. In fact, you will have much more energy to change things for the positive in your life and in the world. You will be compelled to serve and give. Why? Because the energy is coming like this. You will be more of a conscious manifestor in fact. You are a co-creator here. You create the life around you. Your thoughts and decisions and actions bring about an effect. At the same time, others are creating. This is a consensus reality, remember? And you have an ego that tells you that you are separate from them. This means you will experience things that happen in the world as independent of you, As if you do not create the world around you. And so, the truth is both. You are creating what is, and you are also experiencing what is, as it happens, as if independently from you. The you that you call by your name. (laughs) The more you go into resistance about these things that seem to happen independently of you, the worse off you will feel in life, and the less effective you are at the process of conscious creation. There is value in both attracting and creating what is, and also in surrendering to the experience of whatever is. Just like there is beauty and purpose for the ego and also for the transcendence of the ego. You can learn to enjoy what is. By the way, this is surrendering to and appreciating what is. Releasing resistance to what is. Just like you can learn to enjoy putting your energy into decisions and actions that bring about something that you want. This is the conscious manifestation of what you would prefer. You will find that when your preferences and manifestations are no longer the result of trying to make the world something else so that you can feel comfortable, so that you can feel good, your whole existence changes. Your preferences and desires either may or may not change, but they will absolutely come less from a place of determinism and more from a place of free will and choice. You're still going to be doing many of the things that everyone else is doing, hence the Buddhist concept, of before enlightenment chop would carry water and after enlightenment chop would carry water. (laughs) But for a different reason. And what manifests in our lives and within human society or in the world becomes very different as a result. You don't have to somehow rid yourself of desires in order to let go of resistance to anything that is. You can practice being in a state of non-resistance and even fall in love with what is, while also loving and appreciating desire and practicing the conscious choice to manifest or bring about the desires that arise within you. They are not inherently a contradiction. (laughs) Now that I have said all of this, it's very important to understand that the integration of these two philosophies is a very evolved spiritual practice. Just like releasing resistance to what is, is an evolved spiritual practice, and just like The conscious manifestation of what you want is a very evolved practice. So it's not like even though I tell you these things, you're going to just get it right away. That's why we call it a practice. But now that you know all this, it is now your turn. Look at and work with your resistance to this very concept. (laughs) If you liked this video, be sure to hit the like button. Subscribe to my channel and consider sharing this video with your friends. You can also click on the bell icon to be notified of the next time that I post a video. I want to thank you personally for the bravery that you have to step into awareness. I'll see you in the next video.